thought we were recording the whole time, so when I told you the story, I didn't tell you where I went. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I didn't say a name, but uh-uh. oh, stupid. Okay. <laughs> Hi. I thought you just didn't want me to know where you were. <laughs> no, I just thought it was on here, so I didn't say the name. Nope. Mm-mm. Well, then, never mind. That whole story was pointless. <laughs> That was being recorded. Nope. Okay. Well, hi. Hi. We're back. Finally. It's been like a year. It's been more than a year. What month are we even in anymore? <laughs> April. It's been a while. I don't know. But in that time, she birthed a human. I did. Who's he, a year old now? He is a year old. Um, um, I've had coronavirus. Yeah, so I, I haven't. <laughs> knock on some plastic yeah even though i work in a hospital i don't don't. really know how i swung that i don't know how i got it either because i was literally quarantining that's okay got a different job we've lost almost 100 pounds between the two of us and um i've had these episodes written since may so we've been trying really hard there's just there's always something she has two humans Mm. little ones that need her I have a big one that needs me. <laughs> but guess yeah. who's back? Hoot, hoot. Back again. Back, back, back again. Yes. Yes. Okay. Anyways, yeah. this is Let's Never Meet. Correct. I am Elle. I'm Rissa. And um, we're a little rusty. So. Okay. Uh, it took <laughs> us approximately two hours to figure out how to even get okay. our mics to work again. Well, for starters, it was one hour. I feel and like a that's, half, maybe. Uh, okay. Because <laughs> I was gonna say the little one went down at eight o'clock, okay, so well, it's now ten o'clock. Okay. Well, also, <laughs> we've only recorded one time with these fancy. That's true. We have so. new microphones, and the one that we recorded, you haven't even heard yet. No. A year ago, mm-hmm. and we don't really know how to use them. There's lots of knobs and levers and slider things, and yeah. I don't even know if my microphone's supposed to be tipped at my face like this. So <laughs> we don't really know what. So, we're so if it sounds like shit, doing. I it's mean, it's my fault because I have the microphone tipped. Funny. Honestly, it can't sound any worse than our old microphones. So. We don't have to be in a bat cave anymore, so I can see all of her face, so that's good. <laughs> we need those little hanging things so that they hang like this. Maybe that's how they're supposed to be. That is how I think they're supposed to be. I don't know. Anyways, what are we talking about we, today? How do we even hang them on this I don't thing? know. Maybe that's what that other piece was for. It's right here. I don't know. I think it. To- I think Oops, that was I think loud. this piece comes off, and that probably goes on there. I don't know. Anyway. Not like we have anywhere to hang them from, anyway. Right. We can make like an apparatus, like a like a. No, you can buy them. They have um, like you hook it on the edge of the table, and <sighs> that's what we need. We also mm-hmm. want to get headphones because we're cool. Yes, very cool. So I don't know if I'm gonna pronounce anyone in this story's name correctly. Um. Oh well, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna talk about the murder of Shanda Scherer, which is there's a lot of S's in, like S's and H's in that name, but um, keep in mind that this person is twelve. Oh no! But just wait, it's it's bad, but um, it's more about how batshit crazy the people that did it are. I didn't know she was 12. Yeah, well, yeah. But if if your child is 12 and running around with these folk, <laughs> bad things might happen. Yeah. So to start, though, I have to give you a backstory on a bunch of girls. 
And the first one I'm going to talk about, her name is Melinda Loveless, which is a fitting last name for her, I think. Because nobody, her parents don't care about her? Um, n- no. That, yeah, they don't care about her. And, um, you'll, you'll get it. Okay. So, <laughs> Melinda is born in New Albany, Indiana, which I didn't know was a place, on October 28th, 1975, <laughs> as the youngest daughter of Marjorie and Larry. I'm sorry, am I supposed to know that date? The 1975? Oh. Yeah, you are. <laughs> okay, yes, carry on. I yes. do. Yep, I got it. As the youngest daughter of Marjorie and Larry. And every time I hear the name Marjorie, I just want to pronounce it like Marjorie, like a French person. It's a French name. Don't look at me like I'm dumb. Okay. I thought of Marjorie because I'm fat. <laughs> <laughs> All I think about is butter. I just think of Marjorie. Like, she's French. Anyway, Larry was seen as a war hero after his return from Vietnam, but actually he was a psycho. And Marjorie would later state that Larry was a sexual deviant. Oh. Who, um, (laughs) would frequently frequently wear her or their daughter's underwear. That's fucking weird. (laughs) And would watch Marjorie have sex with other people. What the fuck? Okay, it's... It's weird if you wear your wife's underwear, but, like... It's really weird to wear your kids. It's fucking weird. I don't like that at all. <laughs> also, how do you fit in them? You don't. Just They just cover one ball, I feel like. I, how would you even get your legs into those? Your thighs are not fitting through the leg holes. Some guys, though, have chicken legs. <laughs> That's true. That is true. They have the chi- Like, sometimes I see them playing basketball, I'm like, how do you have ankles that aren't broken? Because they're so weak looking. <laughs> Their thighs are as big as my calves. <laughs> Not that I have huge calves, but... Or huge thighs, but... Anyway. So, <laughs> in 1965, Larry the Sexual Deviant became a probation officer. That sounds fucking terrible. <laughs> with the new Albany police, but he only made it eight months before he was fired for beating up a man that he thought had slept with his wife. <laughs> Oh. But he liked to watch it. But he, I think he thought like he was doing it without him aware of it. I'm surprised that he made it eight months, honestly. I think that's the longest job he holds, though, so. Doing you know. good. Yeah. So, um, while Larry was working as a probation officer, he wouldn't share any of his income with the family. Like, he would just buy shit for himself. So, like, the mom just had to struggle to feed the kids because he was just buying shit. Like, motorcycles and stuff. No. You'd be buying yourself a motherfucking hotel. Yeah, you would think. But he'd stay um, in my house. It gets worse. I'm crazy. Crazy area. <laughs> so once during all this time they had an orgy with like other couples, Marjorie and Larry did, and then Marjorie decided to attempt suicide in the middle of it. Uh, okay. She well, does this several I'm times. Sorry. <laughs> this this is taking a fucking turn real quick. It's an orgy, you're all having a good time, and one of them just, like, razor blades a wrist. That would really put a damper on the whole thing. Yeah, I would say. And do the other one just keep going, and, like, Larry's got to clean Marjorie up, or... Somebody's like, ah, Ew. something's happening over there. What is that? <laughs> or do they just not even notice? Because there's uh, so many weird fluids flying around. <laughs> Yucky. It is gross. <laughs> yeah. But also, like, why is that your place that you chose to attempt that i think because she wasn't into any of the things going on and larry was forcing the issue and she thought like heh 
Uh, Yeah, force this again. Well, yeah, okay, I understand that. But also, like, how did you sneak in the weapon in which to do it during the orgy? Is it hidden under the pillow? I don't know. (laughs) I don't mean, I don't know how attempted suicides during orgies go, so I've never done that, so... Um, Don't have any experience with that. So when Melinda, little Melinda here, who we're actually talking about, was five... (laughs) This is her parents? Yes. Okay. Her... When she was five, the family became heavily involved in the Baptist church. Oh, that's always good. And uh, Marjorie and Larry did confession to the father and gave up their, you know, wild life. Hmm. And Larry actually becomes a lay preacher. Oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) And Marjorie gets a job as the school nurse at the the Baptist church school. Hmm. Now. Crazy people that turn to religion just get crazier. Well, yeah, that but that happens all the time. But also, like, what? <laughs> like, how did the background checking and the interview process go for him to get that job as a lay preacher? What year was this? The nineties, eighties. It was the eighties. Well, I can't imagine a background check is all that great then. No, probably not. But the church sent Mel- <laughs> had Melinda the daughter, sent to a room with a 50-year-old man from the church so that he could perform a five-hour exorcism on her. Nope, I don't like that at all. No, but my sister was nuts when she was little, and my grandma's church tried to get my mom to have an exorcism done on my (laughs) sister. (laughs) Like, my mom was sitting there one day, and, like, literally people from the church showed up, and they were, like, legit gonna attempt an exorcism on my sister. Get the fuck out of my house Swear, right now. I will call my mom and she will tell you. <laughs> but my sister was weird. Like, she would do weird stuff. Like, well, she s- sleepwalked a lot. But, like... so Yeah, that needs an exorcism for sure. She would, like, get ready for tumbling meets and it would be, like, in the middle of the night and she'd just come down <laughs> oh with her stuff. God. There's this girl I follow. It was so weird. Just this girl I follow on TikTok. On Side note. Uh, she's like a sleepwalker and cheese. Is it the one where she just eats and does weird stuff? <laughs> yes. I saw a compilation on Facebook. Yes. And like, if she eats cheese, that's what like triggers her sleepwalking. And it's like her brother, it's like so hereditary. Weird. So her brother does it too. So she had her brother come over and spend the night and they both just mouth shredded cheese before they went to bed. And she's got like the ring cameras in her house. So she's always like, <laughs> there was one where she was getting up and getting beers and taking them out into her front yard and throwing them in the front yard and yelling at them. And some guy was walking by. It was like, the middle of the night and some guy's walking by probably like home from the bar and she's outside screaming at cans of beer on the ground <laughs> and the guy's like what the fuck I know I saw this one and this lady was just like standing in the middle of her kitchen like yelling and doing weird stuff I'm like what the world uh, the first video I seen of her she, <laughs> she uh, slept walk at a hotel <laughs> and she woke up in the hallway totally naked <gasps> locked out of her room oh that's <laughs> she, embarrassing she had to get the couch cushions off of the fucking one of the couches <laughs> to go to the front and ask for a fucking room key <laughs> no my that's scary my sister wasn't like that she just would like get ready for tumbling in the middle of the night and then like she was weird like i guess i guess you had to like she's like way older than me but i guess you had to like do weird stuff before you could put clothes on her like if it, there was like rituals so like if you were gonna put socks on her you had to like this turn sounds- them inside out and like blow on them and shake them three times and do weird stuff to them before you could put them on her sounds like ocd actually. she doesn't have it now so i don't know what happened maybe they, maybe they did exercise her and it worked <laughs> i don't know um so after Larry sends her off for an exorcism larry becomes a marriage counselor to people in the church 
that's a fucking terrible position for him. Well, yeah, especially since he uh, tried to rape a woman he was counseling, so the family was kicked out of the church. <laughs> I'm sorry, the family that was getting the counseling? Yeah. Or his family? No, uh, no, the the family he was counseling, he tried to rape the lady, and so they, so got, they got kicked out. So the family got kicked out of the church. Larry did. Okay. Larry like, and, and um, something Marjorie not, and Melinda. Something is not adding up here. Yeah, no, they got kicked out. So... This is all happening before Melinda's even nine, by the way, because now she's nine, hmm. and Larry sets up for Marjorie to be gang raped. What the fuck? Which then Marjorie tries to drown herself because she's tired of this shit. I, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't support suicide, but at that point, like, it's get either, away, it's kill him, suicide or murder. Be on snapped. Yep. So in 1986, uh, Marjorie decided she was no longer letting Larry bring women home from the bar, because apparently that's a thing he did. So he just beat her to the point where she had to be hospitalized. What the fuck? This will all come into play later in, in Melinda's life. Oh my so, god. So uh, it's no wonder Melinda does what Melinda does when this is what you're raised in. So in 1988, after Marjorie's out of the hospital after being beaten... Larry gets a job as a mail carrier, uh, which seems stable, except he quit after three months because he wasn't actually working. He was just taking all the mail home and destroying it. (laughs) That's where he wrote, ha, 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 ha. He's just like, fuck this mail. I'm taking it home and I'm burning it. (laughs) Like, how do you get, like, how does no one notice for three months and they're not getting mail? I, I, that is the... (laughs) Okay, I'm behind all of that. I just like I fully support those decisions. I'm over it. Yeah. I'm just taking this shit home and burning it. I mean, like if it's a super nice day, I might deliver some of it. But if it's like winter and I'm like tromping through the snow or the rain, I'm fucking incinerating. I'm getting that a shit. gator and just driving the mail to everybody. Uh, I'm just putting Is that allowed? it. In, I'm putting it in my car. They should I'm, be able to take golf. Okay, carts. if we're being honest, a fucking USPS truck is basically a gator. It's true, but I'm going to drive it on the sidewalks <laughs> up to people's houses. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I just don't. Yeah, but he just said, fuck that mail. Those people don't need those bills. It's fine. Or those paychecks. Or anything. <laughs> yeah. So, that didn't last very long, obviously. Lasted less time than his uh, probation officer job. But in November of 1990, Larry is caught spying on Melinda and her friend in, like, a creepy way. Oh, so weird. so Marjorie attacks him with a knife and sent him to the hospital. Oh, girl. She then tried to kill herself again, though. Oh, so. my God. Come on, girl. You need to be better at the stabbing of him. More stab you on other people, not yourself. Yes. Not other people. Just him. Just him, yeah. So, although it's unknown for sure, like, how abusive Larry actually was to Melinda directly. Um, I'm sure well there are reports that he would do weird things like smell her underwear in front of people what that would come to the house the fuck <laughs> and there's a uh, a claim that he would tie up all of his daughters in the garage and do weird stuff to them. what the fuck also i don't understand the smelling underwear thing I don't either. That's like, pe- there's like women, like on Orange is the New Black when they make money yeah. by selling their underwear. There's people on TikTok that do that too. I and don't they get it. make so much money and I'm like, I got a lot of underwear. <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> Where do you sell this? I don't know. I am not above this. But then I'm like, some weird part of me is like, okay, but then they have 
my DNA. Right. What are they going to... I'm like, obviously, if you're smelling underwear, you're not smart enough to do anything with that. No. You're being weird. You're not going to frame anyone Mm -hmm. for anything. But it still is very strange. It's weird to me. I don't understand. Also, just like, But I mean, if I could make a lot of money doing it, I wouldn't... I sent this article... Oh, my God. Let me find this article I sent to my mom because I was like, think of how much money I could make. And she was like, you would be a millionaire. (laughs) But it's something really... like really embarrassing that I'm even gonna read it out loud. <laughs> Where is it? Oh. Carolina woman makes four thousand dollars a month selling videos of herself farting. <laughs> and I was like, think of how much money I could make. And my mom was like, you'd be so rich. My God. But like people are just weird, man. So um. Melinda shared a bed with Larry until she was like 14, um, which is weird. And that is. But I agree. <laughs> it's very, very weird. Like, fucking weird. It's unnatural. So, the, very only, unnatural. the only reason it ended, though, is because Larry just left the whole family and moved to Florida and just got a new family and left them all. Which is probably good for Marjorie because she can stop trying to kill herself. Yeah. But Larry cut off all contact with Melinda and never saw her again. Bye-bye. Yeah. Toodaloo, motherfucker. Right. Good deal. Okay. So now we're, that's Melinda. So that's Melinda's life until we're going to meet Melinda again in a little bit. Now we're on to Lori Tackett. Mary Lorene Lori Tackett. Why are we nicknaming her middle name? I don't understand. Okay. I, I don't understand most of the time when people go by their middle name, not their first name. I know sometimes that, like, the dad has the same first name, so you go by the middle name, whatever. But now we're nicknaming the middle name into something shorter than what the middle name already is? And you go by that? Yeah, I don't understand that either. I understand when it's, like, like our one friend, they have a first name that they alternate between first yes. and middle names. Yes, yes. So... Her, right. It's her first name, but she goes by her middle name because... Because three other people in her family have the same name. Right. Makes sense. But people who just, like, go by whatever... Like, like okay, this is stupid, but, like... they prefer... Like, well, I guess it's... Teen Mom. Prefer it, Did you watch Teen Mom with Leah and the yes. twins? She would call them, like, Hope and Gracie. That's not what you named your children. No. That's yeah, the middle names. If you wanted that to be their names, then just fucking name them. Right, but you named them your name, just different. Right. Aaliyah... Your name's Leah, and you named your kid Aaliyah. Oh, my God. Don't even get fucking started. <laughs> and then that. call them Hope and Gracie. St- uh, I don't get it anyway. We can't. This, okay, I remember <laughs> now why I stopped watching this show. Well, also, the last time I watched, Leah was on pills, and her daughter was screaming in the backseat, like, I don't feel safe with you driving me. And I was just like, I cannot with oh. these people anymore. <laughs> She's even better now. But <laughs> with Kifa. I've seen you with Kifa. <laughs> Go live in the car with your boyfriend. <laughs> There's a guy in, in my town that her. looks just like Kiefer, and he walks all around town, and every time we see him, my mom is like, <laughs> I seen you with Kiefer. Like, because even I she knows. very much like I've seen him before. It had to have. He walks everywhere. I, and, I, and looks like Kiefer. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. So anyway, Lori, which is not your name, but whatever, was born October 5th, 1974 in Madison, Indiana, to a felony factory worker, a felon factory worker dad, and a fundamentalist Pentecostal Christian mom. How those two hook up? Pen pals. Oh, maybe, yeah. For or before, sure. he, before he was in the joint. But I think she'd have left him. Yeah. 
So Lori claims that she was molested twice during her life, um, the second time at age 12, which is closer to when we know her. No reports if that's true or not. But her mom is fucking nuts, okay? So I'm not even lying. Lori's nuts too, but her mom is fucking nuts. So in May of 1989, Lori's mother finds out that Lori is changing into jeans when she gets to school. Oh, heavens, jeans. Instead of the skirts that she's leaving the house in. Jeans. So her mother attacks her and attempts to strangle her. Oh, what the fuck? Pentecostal people are weird. No offense to any of you listening. (laughs) But they're weird. They they have to wear the long skirts and they don't... Like, so, because she was wearing... Apparently, if your child wears pants, you are allowed to try to murder them. That's part of the Pentecostal rules, apparently. Wow. Murder is only okay in the case of wearing pants. That's real fucking aggressive. So, yeah, so social workers got involved, obviously, because, like, you can't beat your children from wearing pants. Yeah, I really, really hope so. And they would do, like, random drop-ins to make sure Lori was safe with her mom. Alive. But also, like, where's the dad at? Because I feel like a felon's not going to be, like, down with, like, all that stuff happening in his house because Uh. he's like, I ain't going back to the slammer. Uh Uh-uh. But who knows? Maybe he said, this bitch is crazy, I'm leaving. Yeah, I ain't gonna have her fucking strangling me. <laughs> right. So after her 15th birthday, Lori becomes very rebellious and begins a fascination with the occult. I'm so, sorry, her 50th birthday? 15th. Okay. 15th senora. Okay. I was like, oh, wow, we've fast-forwarded. We fast-forwarded No, no, far. none of these people in this story age past to certain... Well, I mean, they do age. Well, you'll see. Okay. Um... But she would try to impress her friends by pretending to be possessed by a spirit called Deanna the Vampire. Stop. Which is how we became friends. I, too, pretended. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that would have been funny, though. How I'd be like, oh, my God, I, too, have been possessed by Deanna the Vampire. No, you just told me that my daughter's name sounded like a stripper name. I don't apologize, because it's true. <laughs> um... So, while she's, like, in this whole possessed by a spirit called Deanna the Vampire... Also, what kind of self-respecting vampire's name is Deanna? That's not a vampire name. I don't know. It's not a vampire name. It's not good. Deanna. No, that's not a good vampire name at all. So, Lori then begins dating a girl who self-harms. So, Lori starts doing it, too, just because why not? Oh, yeah, I might as well. When one bird of a self-harm feather flocks together i guess so in march night march 19th of 1991 Lori is sent to a mental hospital after her parents discover her self-mutilation and she gets medication and is released because hmm. you know medication totally helps when you're yeah. harming yourself oh yes totally. two days later with her girlfriend who remains unnamed and another friend named tony who you'll hear about in a little bit um she cuts her wrists again and is sent back to the hospital where she's diagnosed with borderline personality disorder isn't that always the case? Seems to be. She's discharged from the hospital and then does what... Okay. What do you think a teenager who's just been diagnosed with a personality disorder and just got out of the hospital, what do you think the next logical step in their life would be? Drugs. No. Well, probably. She drops out of high school, obviously. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can't go to high school no. and be doing all this. Absolutely not. And then she just moves around with her friends. Like, she just, like couch surfs like she doesn't go home um and then she meets melinda who and they become besties for the resties hmm. and by resties i mean like a year from now because then they're separated oh no yeah gotta keep separated <laughs> so the third person we have to meet is not as eventful as the others but her name is hope rippy 
I wonder if Hope is her first name or her middle name. <laughs> um, she's born June 9th, 1976, while her father is an engineer at a power plant. So already we're doing better than the other two. Mm-hmm. The family lives in Michigan for a while and moves back to Madison, Indiana, where Hope is reunited with her long-lost friends, Lori and Tony, who you'll hear about. And Hope's parents don't like Lori and think she's a really bad influence because at the age of 15, Hope starts self-harming herself like the rest of them are. Hmm. Because nothing says, let's all be friends like cutting ourselves. Right? I, no. Like, if you started doing that right now, I would call for help and then I would probably never come back. (laughs) As much as I love you, I'd be like, I gotta go. Are you okay? I got to leave. Yeah, I need to I'm not just gonna be like, pass her over. I need to call some authorities and then I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yeah, I'm calling someone. And then I'm leaving. Yeah. Toodaloo. Yeah. So, Tony Lawrence, who we've mentioned a couple times, was born in Madison, Indiana on February of 1976, although I don't know an exact date. Tony is close friends with Hope since childhood, off and on. Um, Tony was abused by family members and then raped by a teenage boy at 14. Mm. Um, and this is kind of sad. The police never prosecuted the boy. They just told him he had to stay away from her. Oh, Tony's because- a girl? Yes, Tony's a girl. Because every boy, teenage boy that rapes girls, totally listens when the cops say stay away from her. Right. That's about as good as a fucking restraining order. Right. I, I, Don't even get me started. Yeah, no. So, Tony um, became very promiscuous, which happens a lot, and then began to self-harm, too, after having attempted suicide in the eighth grade. So, we've got four self-harming crazy women. Suicidal people. Yes. Then we have little Shanda Sharer. She's a little a little one. She was born in Pineville, Kentucky. And I don't know why I had to say it like that, but that's <laughs> just how it felt in the soul. It's required. Yeah. On June 6, 1979, to Stephen and Jacqueline, her parents, and they divorced and the family moved to Louisville. Mm. I guess at Louisville. They don't pronounce it right, but whatever. <laughs> I guess it's their town, so they can do what they want. Um, and then it's her, wrong, but that's yeah, fine. Well, that's fine. Her mother divorced again after her second uh, marriage and the family moves to New Albany, Indiana, where Shanda attends Hazelwood Middle School, but then transfers out to Our Lady of Perpetual Help, which is a Catholic school. Sounds terrible. Where she joined the basketball team. Sounds terrible. Also, how long do you think their shorts were? The Catholic basketball team shorts. They wore pants. <laughs> No, they were skirts. Not pants. That'll get you strangled. So now we're going to talk about when all of these people kind of uh, intermingle. Yeah, so many songs. I know we're doing really good. So in 1990, Melinda. I know. No, stop. Nope, we're not. Yeah, because we're old now. Yeah, no, I was. No, forget the whole. My birthday party, man. I have the coolest birthday party planned. COVID. Coronavirus. Fucked it up. Oh, well. So, in 1990... Uh, okay, well, um, my 30th birthday was spent 400 years fucking pregnant. Um, okay. And my 31st... You had something to do with that? I did not have anything to do my with My 31st birthday was still locked down from fucking coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. I'm still waiting. Still waiting for my 30th birthday. We'll just pretend it's your birthday when we go on our trip. Okay. And we can pretend it's my birthday, too. Okay. Works for me. And it'll be close to the other person we invited, so we can pretend it's their birthday, too. Oh, yes. Hers is in September. Forgot that we invited that person. That's where I went when I told the story that I thought was being recorded. Oh. (laughs) It's a whole thing. 
Anyway, so in 1990, when we were not alive yet, no, uh, Melinda began dating a girl named Amanda. Amanda Haverin. I don't know. It's not important. Um, but after her father left, Melinda started acting out and fighting in school, as one does when their father leaves. I know this <laughs> from experience. Um, the next part is not is not me though, because um, Melinda tells her mom she's a lesbian. And the mom is, like, not happy about it, but then it's like, meh. Except, I mean, what are you going to do? Right. I'm amazed at what some people do to their children, but what are you I really going to do? I do not understand. My, oh, my God. My mom worked with these, like, religious weirdos a long time ago, <laughs> for a long time, and they had a, um, a son that came out, and they literally wrote him out of everything, and then literally made the comment that they should round up all the gays and put him on an island and blow the island up. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Well, what's even sadder is when these kids, these, I, they may have two out of three that are gay, I don't really remember, but, um, one time when their kids were little, the one kid was, like, being bad around Christmas time, and they literally told them, like, if you don't behave, you're not getting anything for Christmas, which parents threaten their kids all the time, but he legit didn't have a single present on Christmas morning while his brothers did. Oh my god, that's the saddest. He was, like, seven or eight, like, oh he wasn't old god. enough to be like, this makes sense for what, yeah, it's terrible. They're evil. I hate all of that. Yeah, it's not good. My mom didn't like those people. Uh, I would hope not. Yeah. They sound so, fucking terrible. Right. So, after she tells her mom she's a lesbian and that she's dating Amanda, that relationship kind of starts deteriorating a little bit. And Amanda meets a new girl named Shanda Sharer. Mm. Right? Because in the fall semester of 1991, Amanda and Shanda... <laughs> Amanda and Shanda. They meet at school when they get into a fight... Because that's how all romantic relationships start. And then they bond in detention, though, and eventually ex- exchange romantic letters with each other. In detention? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's a weird place to meet a partner, but that okay. It is. But, all right, whatever. You yeah. do you. Right. Also, like, what started the fight that you then were like, it's cool. Let's right? be lovers. Yeah, it's weird. I don't want to fight anymore. I want to love you. <laughs> I guess. So, uh, Melinda here becomes very jealous of the relationship, obviously, because she thinks Amanda's hers, even though Amanda and her had stopped seeing each other and Melinda was dating somebody else. But she's one of those, you know. Oh, it's a dog. I was like, Yes, I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, so at a dance in 1991 in October, uh, Melinda shows up. Ow. Melinda shows up and confronts Amanda and Shanda together. Because um, Amanda and Melinda never actually formally, like, broke up. But they were both, like, meeting other people. And Melinda was, like, seeing an older girl. And, like, they just... It just fizzled. And then they just went about their ways without being, like, mm. we're f- officially not together. Mm-hmm. But when y'all are both dating somebody else, I think you're not together. Right. If you're, like, not talking, then you're not together. Right. So, in late October of 1991, after the dance thing... Amanda and Shanda attend a festival together. I don't know what kind. I'm assuming like a town festival. Like carnival situation. Hmm. Doesn't say. Or a music festival if they're fun. Been to those. They don't sound Um, very fun. Melinda then begins telling people that she's going to kill Shanda. Okay. Yeah. And threatens her in public all the time. Okay. That is when Shanda is transferred to the Catholic school because her parents are like, um, you're in public school, you're dating a girl, another older girl is starting to kill you, we're... we're uh, let's remove you from this right. fucked up situation. Right. So, at this time, Amanda, the girlfriend, says that she 
gave letters that she'd received from Melinda with threats to kill Shanda in them to a, quote, youth prosecutor, but nothing ever happened. Of course it didn't. No. So here we go. This is the fateful evening. So on January 10th of 1992, we have Tony, who's 15, Hope, who's 15, and Lori, who's 17, driving Lori's car from Madison, Indiana, to Melinda, who's 16 at the time, her house in New Albany. Now, Tony was a friend of Lori and Hope, but had never met Melinda. Lori's the tie to... So, so Tony and Hope know Lori, and Lori knows Melinda. So, it's like, hey, two of my friends, come meet this other friend of mine. Mm. And they go to Melinda's house, and um, they grab some clothes, and Melinda shows them that she's got a knife that she plans to scare Shanda with. Oh. Because that's what every teenage girl does, is scares other teenage girls with knives. Uh, Okay. Right. Now, uh, these girls, minus Melinda, didn't even know Shanda. They never met her. She's a lot younger than them. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lori was aware at the time that Melinda planned to scare and intimidate Shanda, who's only 12. I mean, these are older teenagers wanting to threaten a 12-year-old oh, over a girl. Right. At 15, I mean, the it's only three years difference, but at 15, I was not fucking even talking to 12-year-olds. I was like, ooh, you're like 12. Yeah. Literally. Uh, I still to this day I'm like, ew, you're like twelve. Hopefully uh, they're like twenty five. Me like, too. I was just are you twelve? Because anyone younger than you is twelve. Yep. <laughs> but this girl's actually twelve. Literally everyone. Also, you're sixteen years old. How threatened sexually are you by a twelve year old? Right? Fucking weird. That is weird. Like if your ex girlfriend wants to hang out with a twelve year old, I'd be like, What are you in the big brother, big sister program? Like I wouldn't think that they're doing anything. Right. I would be like, Okay, you are not for me, clearly, if you're hanging out with twelve year olds. Right. I do not want to hang out with twelve year olds. No, thank you. Melinda explains to the group, and they apparently accept this explanation, that she dislikes Shanda uh because Shanda's a copycat and stole her girlfriend. Okay. Well, you're so acting you tell like the you're mental 12. aptitude of these people. Yep. Mm-hmm. So no wonder they're threatened by a 12-year-old. But Okay. Mm-hmm. I think about being 15. And if I lost a boy to a 12-year-old, I feel like that would say a lot more about me than the 12-year-old. Mhm. And him. But yeah. but me, I'd be like do I look like a 12-year-old? <laughs> Am I built the same as a 12-year-old? Is she like a really developed 12-year-old? Like what but also, you're gross. Yeah, that's weird. Granted, when I was 15, my boyfriend was, like, almost 18, so... And mine was 18. If he would have been going for a 12-year-old, yeah, I would have been, been like, bye! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be beyond gross. Mm-hmm. Even at 15 to 12, that's yucky. Yeah. But then I think about the fact that when I was 12, he was 15, so... But you weren't dating then. Right. Isn't that weird? Because you see couples like like, a, like an 18-year-old and then like a 25-year-old and you're like, oh, that's weird. But then you're like, oh, he's fo- she's 40 and he's 47? Yeah. It's not weird. Nope, but not it's at like all. The, it's, it's so much different when you're younger. Uh-huh. Like the age is so different. Yeah. Ugh, that's gross. Anyway. So, apparently they all just are like, okay, we're going to go scare this 12-year-old because why not? I've never met you and you look like a psycho, but sure. At that point, you might be scared. She has shown you a knife already. Me at 15, though, would not have dealt well with that. I'd have been like, 
you nuts. Bye. Uh-huh. I would have been like, nope, not having any part of this. See I bye. mean, I was a bad kid, but I'm, it wasn't that bad. I've got to go home right now, please. Thank you. There were mob actions and such, but never with knives. <laughs> uh, I did none of that shit. I just quietly played in the band and did my flag. Oh, I had no time for and band flagging. That's it. No, no. Uh, I actually accidentally brought up the being banned from a town thing at work one day and they were like what and i was like huh it's not on my record (laughs) it's not you were in the band no who was in the band no i brought up being banned from the town okay at work and they're like what and i'm like it's not on my record i was like i never heard this information Um, i was in band in fifth grade for about three days enough to get a flute and then i said this is stupid and i quit i was in band for seven years you sound like a ball of fun. Um, and I was first clarinet. Cool. <laughs> I was doing Fuck much you. more fun things than that. What, stealing angels out of people's yards? Cool. Her name is Angie. We cool. still have her. Cool. It was cool. Cool, 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 cool. I was doing a lot of things. Cool, 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 cool. You were playing mm-hmm. band, cool, 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 cool. and I was being banned from a town. We're all in band. <laughs> yeah, we're all in band. <laughs> um, so... All these girls go along with it. So Lori lets the 15-year-old drive the girls to Jefferson, Indiana. Okay. You you literally can't drive. Right. <laughs> but they let her. But I mean, they're driving to murder someone, so who fun cares if you're driving the license? At this point, you're breaking lots of laws, <laughs> right. so it doesn't matter. Yeah. So they drive to Jeffersonville, Indiana, where Shanda spends the weekends with her dad there. But before that, they stop at McDonald's to get directions to her house, because why not? think you'd get directions before you go to pick somebody up to murder them but now you have witnesses that know that you're asking for directions to said person's house yes this was not this was ill thought well they're they're all cuckoo for cocoa puffs yeah they also are all children um i even have that in a note later (laughs) because they're children so when they get to shanda's house melinda obviously can't go up to the door because shanda's gonna be like "Mm, no sends tony and hope up and they're going to say that they're friends of Amanda's, which is the girl that left Melinda for Shanda, apparently. And that um, sh- that Amanda wants to see her at a place called the Witch's Castle. Mm. Or Mistletoe Falls, which I like both names. Mm. Um, which is a, like a ruined stone house nearby. They're like, uh, Amanda's there and she sent us to come get you. Which, why she didn't come get you herself, I don't, I don't even know how old Amanda is, honestly. She could also be 12. <laughs> I don't really know. I'm hoping not. She could be, like, 14, maybe. Because then it'd be, like, a 16-year-old I could see with a 14-year-old, and then a 14-year-old with a 12-year-old is not as weird. Yeah. But I don't know how old Amanda is. But anyway, she's hanging out at the Witch's Castle, and she wants Shanda to come. And she says... Is this a place that people, like, normally hang out? I don't know. I... Probably... Probably. (laughs) As someone who hung out in, like, this weird burned-down house's barn in the country sometimes as a teenager... What the fuck? I don't know. That's where we went. It was out in the middle of nowhere. And you could spray paint on the, the, like, all of us spray painted all over the barn. Sounds real. I think it's gone now. Murdery. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Because we all called it Amityville. Actually, (laughs) is what we called it. Because the house got burnt down because I think people were killed in there. I don't know what happened. Okay. That might be local lore. I don't know. But we did, in fact, hang out in the barn. That is also trespassing <laughs> well when you burn down the house i guess you don't you no longer have ownership of the barn and we took it over 
I feel like somebody's still I feel like it might have been my uncle that burned the house down, but that's just speculation. Oh, I'm going to have to hear more about that later. I really don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, so Shanda's, when the girls show up, Shanda's like, yo, I can't go with you. My parents are still awake and like... I'm already kind of, like, in trouble because of the whole lesbian relationship thing. So, if you come back when they're sleeping, then I'll go with you. If it were me, I'd been like, yo, um, I actually can't go because I'm 15 and I'm not doing that kind of shit. Sorry. Yeah. I'd have been like... I have to be up early for a band trip in the morning. I'd have been like, I got, sh- I got shit to do tomorrow and this ain't it. <laughs> and it ain't going to jail. Right. So, so Shanda's like, no, but come back and get me after after midnight when my parents go to sleep. This makes me, as a parent, never want to go to sleep. Right. So, because Shanda can't come with them to be scared by the knife, as the plan is, the girls cross the river into Louisville and attend a punk rock concert. Oh, I could get down with that. Because when you gotta buy time, where else is there to go but a I punk mean, rock concert? I mean, does it say what punk rock concert they went It to? doesn't, but Tony and Hope get bored, so apparently not a very good one, mm. and they go out to hook up with some boys in Lori's car. I, okay. Which I, sounds much more up my alley than the murdering part. Yes, it does. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we are, we're getting into my territory here. Yeah, let's get a little closer. So, but were they emo boys, though? I, I hope so. There had to have been a lip ring somewhere Well, in that car. I mean, it was 1992, so. They probably had mohawks. They certainly they did not have leather. swishy hair. No. No, that was safe An eyeliner, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, apparently the concert sucked, so they left to make out with boys or whatever. But after the concert, they all head back to Shanda's, and so Melinda talks about how excited she is to kill Shanda. What the fuck? But then says she's just going to scare her with a knife. She wants to kill her, but she's not going to. Okay. So when they get they get there at 1230 when they arrive back. So like at this point, are we all just like <laughs> looking at each other in the car like, <laughs> um, what the I fuck think is going Tony on and Hope here? are definitely doing that. Lori and Melinda are just murder minds at this point, I think. Okay. okay. Can you um just drop me off at this gas station, please? <laughs> so then they arrive back at the house. Tony refuses to go get Shanda. She's like, nah, son. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Lori and Hope go up to the door. Now, mind you, Hope and Tony have never met this Melinda person that they're going to get somebody from their house so she can scare them with a knife, never having met this person. I've done some weird shit in my life, but I don't think I would do that. No. Unless I was scared. I'm I'm not going anywhere with anyone I don't know. Oh, no, I've gone... <laughs> nah, I can't say that, but... <laughs> if I want a knife, I'm out of there. <laughs> no, I just mean in general, like, if... Someone is like, hey, you want to go somewhere with me with this friend of mine you've never met? I'm like, oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm not into awkward meetings and... I feel that. Mm -mm, No thanks. Bye. So when Lori and Hope go up to the door to get Shanda, Melinda hides under a blanket in the backseat holding the knife. Okay. We are seven. Okay. So she's hiding under a blanket in the backseat, and when... Hope gets up there to the house and tells Shanda that Amanda is at the witch's castle waiting for her. Shanda is very reluctant to go with them. Uh, they're, they're people she doesn't know. Right. She's 12. Uh, yeah. Now, at 12, I would not have gone anywhere with people I don't know. At 15, it's possible. <laughs> not if you show up at my house and be like, yeah, your friend is with uh, us. We oh, just, yeah, no, on. no, no. I had already seen way too much uh, murder uh, stuff uh, by uh, then. Uh, I've uh, seen uh, Dateline. Mm-hmm. Snap. Yeah. All sorts of things. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go right ahead with you. Nope. You can fuck right mom! off. Yep. And then my mom would come out and whoop their asses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
thought she was going to beat this one girl up in my front yard. It's a whole thing. <laughs> well, she did choke someone out in my front yard. Once, this so. is true. This um, is true. So, Shannon changes her clothes and goes with them. No. But she's 12. Like, and 12 in 1991, I feel like, is different than 12 now. Like, 12 yeah. now, you've seen some stuff. Yeah. On TV or any of it. Or you've been well, told your whole life, don't talk to strangers, exactly. don't go nowhere, don't look at people. <clears throat> These damn... Oh, my stomach. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, Shanda goes with him, and in the car, Hope starts questioning Shanda about her relationship with Amanda. Just like, who knows what she's asking, probably something fucking annoying. And as she's asking her about Amanda, Melinda jumps out of the back seat and holds a knife to Shanda's throat oh, and begins really? asking her questions That's about scary. Amanda. <laughs> I would have pissed my pants. Uh-huh. <laughs> because you'd already be like, mm, this doesn't feel right. Yeah. Like, I don't care if you're 12 or not, you'd be like, something's not right. Yes. So they go to the witch's castle, and they pull Shanda out of the car and into the inside of the witch's castle, where there is no Amanda, obviously. Mm-hmm. Everyone saw that coming a mile away. Right. And they uh, they bound her arms and legs with rope. Why? Uh, because what they're going to do next isn't going to work if she's not tied up. Mm, I don't like it. So Melinda acts like a big old asshole, obviously, and taunts Shanda about how pretty her hair is. And how pretty it will be when she cuts it all off. The fuck? That's such a girl thing to do mm-hmm. to another girl. They're like, I'm going to catch your hair. Yeah, oh, okay. But also, I had, like, waist-length hair in eighth grade, and if somebody would have cut it, I would have killed them <laughs> dead. Like, there's... We have a video yearbook they did for us in eighth grade, and there's a part in, during basketball season where I'm literally turned like this, talking on the bleachers, and my hair is, like, brushing the seat. It Mine was, was very long it was also. Quite great. Yeah, but you have like five hairs on your head and I have like a hundred and five hairs on my head. Then five. They're just thin. Yeah, mine's not. It's like a horse's tail. I mean like a horse's tail. I saw in the pool. You have so much hair. <laughs> I know. Um so she doesn't cut her hair off. Although she keeps threatening to. And then she takes all the rings that Shanda has on her fingers and divvies them up amongst the group. Like, I'm taking your shit. What are you going to do about it? And then Hope, who doesn't know this person again, I will reiterate, does not know this Melinda person, takes Shanda's Mickey Mouse watch off of her wrist. Okay. And mocks her. And <laughs> Can you hear the dog tussle happening in the other room? What's happening? Uh, well, let me just explain what's happening. Is the big one going to eat the little one? No, that's the little one eating the big one. Oh, Jesus. That would be uh, the large one has gotten too close to the food, which the small one presumes is his, but is not. And so he's going to attack the large one by biting the fuck out of his ears. However, the small one does not have any teeth, so the large <laughs> one just continues to eat while the small one is hanging and from his ears. By large and small one, I mean... Like 80 pounds and 3 pounds. 80 to 90 pounds and 5 pounds. Yeah. But good try, buddy. Good try. Yeah, right. He j- the large That's one. It's like me when I'm angry, though. Yeah, the large one is just like not threatening in any way. Get the fuck really. away from me. Yeah. I'll literally just eat you. I would eat you while I'm eating this food and not even realize it. <laughs> not even notice a difference of hair in my mouth. Right. <laughs> so yeah. So Hope takes off her Mickey Mouse watch and mocks her, and like I guess the watch plays like a little bit of music, and so she like dances and mocks her to the music of this watch. This is very. It's it's fucking playing like the hot dog song. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't... I, I'm just... Uh. Okay. Well, the hot dog song didn't exist back then, I don't think, but still. I get what you're saying, yeah. So, Lori told Shanda that the witch's castle was filled with human remains, and hers were going to be next. 
Oh. So apparently, so so one girl, because of an ex-girlfriend, has tainted this whole group's mindset to just murder this 12-year-old. The power in Melinda. I, right? Like, I don't... You must be very persuasive. Or very persuaded, I don't know I if guess. I could have been the Melinda at that age. I don't... Okay. But I like, feel like I could have The been. thing is, if some... Not the murdering part, but the... the the leader of the group part. Right. If any, I don't care who the fuck you are, if anyone at that age would have been like, yes, so we're going to be going and stabbing people and threatening them with knives. I would have been like, nope, mm-mm, thank you, goodbye. I'm going to, th- I'm going to end this friendship right here. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere with you. But then I'm scared. Are you going to murder me next? So sometimes you stay because of fear. Yeah. And obviously this one's wacky. That's true. So the girls decide to not kill her in Witch's Castle, even though they just told her her remains would be there. And put her in the back, they put her back in the car and they take off. And Shanda's begging to be taken home, obviously. Right. why would you not be? This breaks my heart. Yeah, it's a little sad. So, um, the girls then become lost. Did they stop in a McDonald's for directions again? No, no. They cover mm. Shanda with a blanket and stop at a gas station for directions this time. Mm. So now there's another person mm-hmm. that sees them out asking for directions. Also, you covered her with a blanket. She still has a mouth. Right. But anyway. So, while Lori's getting the directions, Tony, who wasn't really into this whole thing to begin with, let's be Was, real, like, open the door and let her the well, fuck Well, she in called home. a boy and that she knows to talk herself down because she's so freaked out, but she doesn't mention what's actually going on. But at least she's, like, aware that this is bad. Uh, okay, but when, by calling a boy, she should have been calling the fucking police. Just wait, just wait. I mean, it's, it's too late, but she does. <laughs> So she calls the boy, right? And so um, Lori then drives the girls in the car to a dark garbage dump area off of a logging road. Why are there... Okay. So many of things these things... Things happen on a logging road. I've, I've never, never seen one in my life. Never. <laughs> I couldn't find one right now if my no. life depended on it. I don't know what... What even is a logging road? A road only used to transport logs? I, I don't know. Yeah, there are a lot of crimes that happen on logging roads. All the time. That's true. And I've never seen one in my life. Like, all I can think that of... That weird gravel pits. Is like... But I do know where one of those is. A dirt road that's got a bunch of ruts in it from giant trucks trying yeah. to haul... Yeah, and there must be trees <laughs> at some end of this road. And it's all evergreens. Yes. We don't... I we don't, don't have that. Right, but they're in Indiana. Right. It's literally the same. Yeah, I don't know. But a lo- logging roads are all the rage in murdery. Yeah. Stuff. And it's in a forested area, obviously, because it's a logging route. I guess I didn't really need to write both of those things. <laughs> so anyway, when they get here, Hope and Tony are scared. Obviously. At this point. So they stay in the car. They're with a mad woman. Two, I'd say. Lori's just as crazy. But um, So they stay in the car. They're like, <laughs> no. Yeah, I ain't getting we out. We don't stay here. Yeah, I'm not, okay. I've heard about logging roads, and I ain't fucking getting out. <laughs> I've seen some things, and yes. I'm not getting out mm-hmm. in a logging road. Nope. Mm-mm. In a forested area. Absolutely not. I've seen Unsolved Mysteries. I ain't fucking doing it. Yes. I saw Forensic Files. No mm-hmm. thanks. So, um, Lori and Melinda take Shanda out and strip her naked. Because, you know, why not? And then Melinda beats her with her fists first and then repeatedly slams Shanda's face into her knee. Hmm. Shanda's tough, though. Melinda attempts to cut Shanda's throat, but the knife was too dull. Oh, Jesus. But Hope then gets out of the car and does participate. Tony stays in the car. Hope gets out of the car and holds Shanda down while Melinda and Lori stab her in the chest. Now, how do you go from you're so scared you're staying in the car to getting out to hold down the person so they can stab her? Right. 
at what point are you like, yeah, I'm getting out and participating in this? I've thought about it a little and I'm into it. Yeah. No. No, no. The only reason I'm getting out of the car is to to run run the fuck away. And I don't know where because I'm on a logging road and I don't know where there's civilization. Mm -mm. So I might stay in the car until we get to somewhere where there's people and then I'm running. Right. And hope I'm not next. So, um, they then strangle Shanda with a rope until she was unconscious and they placed her in the trunk of the car. Uh, Melinda and Lori get in the car and tell Hope and Tony that Shanda's dead, but she's not. So, the group then goes to Lori's house and went inside to clean up and drink soda. And I literally wrote, because they're children. Uh-huh. Like, most murderers then go drink, like, beer or whiskey, whiskey or, yeah. or something. Something to calm the nerves. We're just going to have soda. a bit of soda water. And I feel like it's orange soda. <laughs> I don't know why, but I feel it. I feel like it's Sprite because when it you're a child, all you're allowed to have is Sprite that and you go too. out to restaurants. Yeah. So Shanda's in the trunk screaming while they're inside getting soda. So Lori goes back out and just stabs her up a couple more times oh with God. a paring knife from her kitchen. Comes back in, cleans up again. And Where then, are your parents? And then Lori reads the girl's futures with runestones. The, okay. I wrote, is jail in the reading? Right? Uh, your future How looks, does this... future's looking grim. It's looking a little bleak. Mm-hmm. There's, like, bars. Yeah. And it's very, very gray. Yeah. Orange. There is orange. a lot of orange. Or stripes, depending oh, on yes, the state. Yes, this is true. So, at, we're now to 2.30 a.m. Right. Mm-hmm. Where parents are of any of these children, I do not know. So Tony and Hope stay back because they're they're just done with this. I mean, Hope is also like a baby crazy person. Tony's just over the whole thing. She's trying to get the fuck away from these people. Mm-hmm. So Tony and Hope stay back while Melinda and Lori go on a country cruise. What the fuck does that mean? While Shanda's crying and gurgling in the trunk. Oh, yeah, it's poor Shanda. So they stop and open the trunk and Lori... Beats her with a tire iron until she's quiet. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's a little bit much. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, I lost my place. Oh, shit. I scrolled too far. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. No. No, I did it. So, the girls then return to Lori's house again to clean up because, you know, there's more blood and stuff. Um, but they wake up her mom, who tells her, take these fucking kids home. So, she tells her she needs to take everybody else home. Get these children up out my house. <laughs> it's how I figured that went. And uh, so Lori drives to a random road. To drop them off at a random road? No, no. But they all open They open the trunk and they all look at Shanda in the trunk. Now, Tony's refusing to have any part of it anymore. But Hope, like, taunts her with everybody else. Like, they're taunting her because she's still alive. Like, she's been literally beaten multiple times. Oh stabbed God. a bunch and she's still alive. And Hope, boo-boos with them. And Tony's like, I just really want to go home. Uh-huh. I would like to be removed from this narrative. <laughs> yeah. I wish I never would have came here. I wish I never knew any of you. Mm-hmm. So the girls then drive to a gas station and buy two liter pop bottles. Haven't you course. people had enough fucking soda? No, no. They dump the soda out and they pump gas into the bottles. Because, you know, they don't sell gas cans at gas stations. Well, you'll see why. Uh, okay. I, I know why. So then they drove to a place that Hope knows about that's discreet. Oh, great. Hope's mm-hmm. participating now. A giant fire anywhere at 2.30 in the morning is not discreet. No. So, Tony stays in the car because, again... But you would think it was if you were a, a fucking d- child. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yes. We know better. 
They do not. No. So Tony says, We've nope. got a lot of a lot of true crime under our belts. Oh, yeah, though, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Like I see anything suspicious, I'm like uh, I see like a plastic bag on the road, I'm like body part. <laughs> yeah. I see anything not even remotely suspicious and I'm fucking suspicious. That's like when I'm in New York in that picture and I'm on the Staten Island ferry and I'm looking out over the water and it looks all cute. My friend's like, Oh, you look so cute and I'm like, Yeah, I'm just wondering how many dead bodies are in here. <laughs> But that's what um, I was thinking, like, looking in the water, I'm like, how many bodies have been floating in the water? That's like, uh, it's like the other day when that guy at Walmart told me he liked my shoes, and, and I was like, uh, okay, now I'm on high alert, I know exactly what their van looked like that they were parked in, I know that there was two people, I stopped to make sure that he walked out before me, I loaded my shit up, I made sure there was a lady in the car by me, yeah. You have to, thing. man, you have to. Sometimes when I'm walking, speaking of Keitha, Keitha. I was walking, and he was walking on my road, and I kept like... Like, mm-hmm. keep an eye about how far behind me is he. Uh-huh. Then he must have sensed that I was doing that, because then he crossed the street on the other side. I'm like, he was, he, he was probably following you, and he was like, yeah, this is weird. Yeah, he's like, this else. feels creepy. Yeah. I'm going to cross the street. Yeah. And then we're all going to feel better. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, they, uh... Tony stays in the car, because she's done with this. I mean, she never really participated that much, but she's still just really done with it. And she still is an accessory. Oh, yes, yes. So, um, Melinda, Lori, and Hope... Which is unfortunate she, because, like, if she didn't participate in any of it, she just went on a car ride with it. But also, she's had many opportunities to leave said car ride, and she's just still in the car. Yeah, but like, are you gonna get out at the log road? No, no, but the gas station. Yeah, that's Lori's true. house. This is true. There were options, and also you failed from the very beginning because you knew that she was taking a knife to threaten someone, and right. at that point you should have been like, <laughs> I don't want to go. I ain't into. I this. would like to go home now. Yeah. Yeah, so they uh, wrap up Shanda, who is still alive, oh my God. in a blanket and carry her out into a field where Lori makes Hope, because Hope is the one that's participated least, minus Tony. Of the ones that have participated, Hope has participated least, I think is why. Lori makes Hope pour gasoline all over Shanda, and they set her on fire. In a field? Yeah. In the middle of the night? Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know what time this actually is. You it's, might as it's well. sometime between 2.30 and like 6.30. You might as well just shoot off a flare. Right. It's it's turning to where people will notice. But Melinda wasn't convinced Shanda had finally died because she does seem a little bit indestructible. <laughs> so they just continued pouring gasoline on her for a while. But what people don't understand is that burning a body is very hard. Like yeah. it takes an outrageous amount of heat to actually burn a body. Yeah, like thousands of degrees. So people like try to, or, or they like burn the house down to cover a murder, but the bodies are still in there because yeah. like you can burn wood way easier than you burn up a body. Uh, that last episode of that other podcast that we listened to, yes. they literally, he was burning it at an incinerating degree for eight fucking days. Yeah. That's how long it took to burn the body of the person that he killed. That's yes. insanity. Yeah, that is. It doesn't just take pour some gasoline on it and right because the gasoline match burns and walk the person away. doesn't. Yeah, right. Yeah. Haven't you ever seen anyone spray uh, hairspray on their arm and then light it on fire? Right, we used to do that all the time. <laughs> Same thing. We did cologne. Is I mean, it's yeah. it's a little bit different, but we also had friends that used powder. to like snort Gatorade powder and then they would pee oh. that color. Okay, that is not... All right. I don't know. It was the same time frame we were doing that weird thing, and it just came into my head. It's a fantastic tidbit of information. I didn't even know... Okay. Could you not just eat it? I mean, yeah. (laughs) But how much more fun to snort things? 
not <laughs> i don't i didn't do it it was boys they were dumb that is fucking dumb that's got to be one of the dumbest things i ever heard in my entire life especially because they just ended up swallowing it anyway right and s- getting it in everywhere else i think it burned they acted like it burned i would fucking think so have you okay <laughs> okay all right i'm just having a moment right now because we get those big um like containers of Gatorade powder mm-hmm. and, because they like to make Gatorade with those and if you scoop it and like just it a little bit up, it burns. yeah and you accidentally breathe that in I feel like I'm fucking dying so yeah. I can't imagine willingly snorting a line of Gatorade powder what I had a friend that also snorted fu- a pixie stick once fucking <sighs> I bet that was the only time they did that oh I probably, I probably was <laughs> I also had a friend that ate a cicada once for 10 bucks. What the fuck? Uh, one of our friends just ate a worm just because one time. No, See? I was like, At least yeah. my friend made 10 bucks. But eating a cicada seems way creepier than a worm. Yeah, I don't... I'm not into eating anything like that. No. I mean, I'm into eating. <laughs> That's why I'm we needed to leave really <laughs> But, yeah, I don't know. People are weird. I was young then. We were doing weird things. It was right around the same time we were making like plastic explosives and blowing up stop signs. Works in the bombs. Yeah, we were blowing up uh, country stop signs. So hopefully we didn't cause any accidents because the stop sign was gone. Um, I then I had a friend that liked to drive around and hang out of a window and bash uh, mailboxes with a baseball bat, mm. which is illegal as fuck. Yes, and uh, annoying. Stop doing it. We were young. Our mailbox, we literally had to replace it like 500 times. There was one summer that they literally came every weekend and beat the fuck out of our mailbox until it looked like a crushed up tin can and we just didn't replace it. The the mail people put a letter in there that was like, um, yeah, can you, the mail actually doesn't fit in here anymore. Can you please replace it? And be like, no, that fucking kid that did it can replace it. Fuck them. My mom was like, I want to put cement in that mailbox so when they drive by and hit it with their baseball bat, they hit cement. And I was like, okay, that's... Why don't you just sit outside with, like, a BB gun and when they go by, just shoot them? (laughs) Exactly. I was like, that seems a little drastic, but all right. We did dumb stuff. I don't know. One time we kidnapped our friend at Burger King, literally ran up to him in the parking lot, wrapped rope around him, threw him in the car. Like, why was no one alerted that we were literally kidnapping a human? (laughs) And then his fat ass broke the rope. <laughs> it's a whole thing. I don't even remember why we were kidnapping him, honestly. Or, I don't know. When you tell stories about your childhood, it makes me know that mine was very uneventful. <laughs> mine was eventful, yeah. Mine it was, was eventful. Not. Then there was the time that my friend had to stop my mom from taking a hammer out after a kid. Okay. I digress. He deserved it if she would have hit him with a hammer. He was stalking me. Okay. Like, I grew up with a park at the end of my street, and he would literally sit at the park and watch my house. That's and, like, weird. would walk up and down my block and stuff. Like, it got so bad, my mom went to, like, the school board, went to his parents, like, this whole thing. And one time, my mom just fucking had enough. And we were all at my house, like, all my friends were at my house, and I don't know what was going on. And then I see my mom, like, trying to, like, hide, hide a hammer next to her, and I'm like, <laughs> David, stop my mom! And he walks up to her and he's like, Mom, 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 
We can't just go out there and hit him with a hammer. My mom's like, oh my god. Well, I'm gonna, just going to go out and fucking and smash mom's his like, windshield. I'm, I'm and... an old lady, so I'm hoping he acts a fool. Then I'm going to whack him with the hammer. <laughs> it didn't come that far, thank God. But Did like, she leave the house? I don't know if she ever made it out the mm. door. David might have stopped her, but it, but he would have deserved it. And he... I agree. It was just bad. All because I dated his friend and not him. So where is this person now? Because he sounds like he's fucking crazy. He's some... He... Uh, well, uh, we made amends later in life as adults, but he doesn't live here anymore. Is he still creepy? I don't know. He's married and has a couple kids, so... Probably. Oh, God. I don't know. So anyway... See? I very easily could have gone in a car if I didn't know and someone had a knife. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I wouldn't was, have gone along with it. That was never going to be my path in life. <laughs> no, I mean, thank God not mine, but... So they, this whole fire thing, back to what we were saying, um, the whole fire thing. But at 9.30 a.m., the girls go to McDonald's. Again? Yes. Same this one? This time to eat. Hmm. Um, they have breakfast, and they laugh about Shanda's body looking like the sausage on the sandwich they were eating. Oh, my God. Now, here's where Tony acts appropriately. fucking had enough? Yeah, because she uses a phone at the McDonald's and calls a friend and tells him what happened. It's a little bit late, girl. It is. Um, so Lori then takes Tony and Hope home and returns home with Melinda, who then tells Amanda, hey, we killed Shanda. We're going to come pick you up later. No, uh, no, you fucking ain't. I'd be scared. So Melinda's friend... Oh, I scrolled too far again. Melinda's friend Crystal comes to Melinda's house, and Melinda, Crystal, and Lori then go pick up Amanda. So Melinda and Lori tell the girls a story and neither of them believe them until they show them Lori's trunk that has a bloody handprint and socks in it. So Amanda's like, yeah, take me home. She immediately asks to be taken home. Wait, okay. As you should be when you see blood in someone's trunk. So they called her up and they were like, yo, Amanda, we killed your girlfriend. We're about to come pick you up. And she was like, yeah, okay, cool. I and think she, she actually they were like, lying got in the car with them. Yes. I think it was like, oh, ha, ha, if I just go with her, then she'll shut up. I'd, I, I would like to think she didn't think it was real, but I why would you go with them? So. But uh, Amanda's like, take me home, please. And they drive her home, <laughs> yeah. and Melinda kisses Amanda and tells her not to tell anyone. And Amanda promises before going into the house to not and tell. And promptly calling the fucking police. I would, I would assume. <laughs> yes. Yep, won't tell anybody. <laughs> right, huh. So January 11th, 1992. So what, is that the next day? Yeah. Okay. I can't remember. It was the 10th. Yeah. Um, two brothers who were going hunting noticed a body on the side of the road and called the police, obviously. Because it, you can't burn a body like that. You're going to find the body. I cannot believe that my husband has not yet found a body. Because all he does is fish and hunt. And that's the only people. And joggers. Those are the three people that find bodies. But the I feel like if your husband bodies. found one, he'd be like, mm-mm. I'm not getting involved in that. You better float on by body and let somebody yeah, else find he probably, it. And he'd take the oar and just like yes. unhook it from the brush and be like, yeah. float go. on down to float somebody Float on down else. to somebody else. Yeah, yeah. I like, got some fishing to do yeah. and you're in a nice mm-hmm. brush pile. Mm-hmm. Not doing that. Not today. Nope. So, I'm not letting my wife get involved in this. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. He's probably like, oh, dear God, no. Um, so uh, a police officer, the first responding officer is named David Cam. Um, 
which would sound familiar if we were from Indiana, because David Camp's whole family was murdered, and he was tried for it three times. Oh, was found God. guilty the first two times and finally acquitted the last And time. he's a police officer? He was, yes. Uh, he's probably not now. Have we... Is he guilty? Did I you, don't think... Did you research I don't th- any? A little... I don't think so. Hmm. Um, I, I think it was one of those where it very much seemed plausible Mm -hmm. but that there was enough to be like "Mm, well that was like probably in the 70s though because he's a cop by now no no it was after it's after this that this happened oh i'll look it up in a second okay i thought that it happened before he became a cop this is after after this okay i was thinking it happened before he was tried for it three times and was still a cop after all that no i was like okay no he this was after. We're really just after, fucking iron anybody now. After aren't we? the case that we're talking okay. about. Okay. Yeah. This makes a lot more sense. Right. So Shanda's father notices that Shanda is gone, and finally, I don't know what time, and calls neighbors and friends looking for her and calls Shanda's mother to oh, see. Oh, well, they were sleeping. So that's true. whatever time you get up in the morning. Right. And he calls Shanda's mom to be like, did she go home or did she have somebody pick her up or whatever? And she's not there. So they file a missing person report. Mm-hmm. At 8 20 p.m., so all day. Just goes by, and at 8.20 p.m., a hysterical Tony, and Hope, but Tony's hysterical, they show up at the police department with their parents, and they give, like, this rambling statement of what happened, they identify the victim as Shanda, they name Lori and Melinda, Uh, and give the cops the main points of what happened. Okay, Hope, you fucking participate. Like, you willingly got out of the car to participate, so... Yes, yes. So, dental records match... Shanda to the body that's found. Mm. Um, on January 12th, so we're making quick quick headway with mm-hmm. this. January 12th, Melinda and Lori are both arrested. Bye. And the prosecutors immediately announce that they're planning to try them as adults. Good. Now, while I frequently think that some children shouldn't be tried, like, they'll be like 14 trying them as adults, it creeps me out a little bit that you're going to then send them into, like, big man prison. Mm-hmm. But these women need to go somewhere. Uh-huh. Not little girl prison, because who knows what they're going to do to other little girls. Mm-hmm. Let, take them to a big girl prison, see what happens to them. Mm-hmm. You're going to do big girl shit, you can go to big girl prison. Yeah. So, in the end, all four girls are tra- are charged as adults. Mm-hmm. Tony, Hope, Lori, and Melinda are all, tra- mm-hmm. all charged as adults. And to avoid the death penalty, they all take plea bargains. Mm-hmm. Which, I'd be like, just kill me. I don't want to sit here for any amount of time. Mm-mm. So, all four of the girls involved had troubled childhoods. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, Melinda's did sound pretty bad. Yeah, um, With physical awful. abuse, three of the four had a history of self-harming. Lori had a diagnosed mental illness. But Melinda, who the courts decided was, like, the ringleader, which she was, had an extensive history of abuse. I mean, look at her dad. He was right. sniffing her underwear in front of guests. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Also, who are the guests? That's, That's what I was just going to say. Underwear in front like, of. what do you do if someone, if you're at someone's house and they just... Like, if I was here and your husband just came out sniffing underwear, I'd be like... <laughs> Am I being punked? I would also get in the car with you yeah, and fucking like, leave. Yeah, pack yeah. them kids. I would get my go. kids and we'd be like, bye-bye. I got to go. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get it. No, thank you. No. So, Lori and Melinda in their plea bargain were both sentenced to 60 years in the Indiana women's prison. Toodaloo. Doesn't seem like quite enough. Hope was sentenced to 60 years as well, but she got 10 years suspended and 10 years probation. 
But because of her age, it was later changed to 35 years. Mm. Which, I mean, she did participate not as heavily as the other two, but she did. But poor little Tony here. Who cooperated fully with the police and prosecution. I mean, and she did everything. Pled to one count of criminal confinement and was sentenced to 20 years. Which still feels like a lot. Yeah. But also, like, you had multiple chances to call someone and stop this and you didn't. So... Yeah, but... That's also because she's a child. Yes, correct. So, during Melanie's... Melanie's? That's not her name. Melinda... <laughs> I was like, who's Melanie? I don't know why I did that. I feel like I did that just earlier today. I who fucking knows. (laughs) Melinda's sentencing. There was extensive testimony regarding the abuse Larry had done to his wife and his daughters. Like, Larry's a bad seed. We got Mm. that. Especially because in February of 1993, Larry is arrested on charges of rape, sodomy, and sexual battery. And another episode in the future coming on him. <laughs> right. He spent two years in jail awaiting trial, but most of the abuse was then thrown out due to statute of limitations. So he was arrested based on all the things from Melinda's trial. Yeah. But there are statutes of limitations on a lot of that abuse stuff. So he was able to plead to one count of sexual battery and was sentenced to the time he already served. Oh, that's here's, great. Here's a good kicker of how Larry is as a human. He then tried to sue the county for $39 million, stating that he'd suffered cruel and unusual punishment while in jail. Namely, he wasn't allowed to sleep in his bed during the day or read the newspaper. Okay. I can't take a goddamn nap. And I can't read the newspaper. Give me 39 mil. Right. Also, why 39? Why don't you just round it up to 40? There had to have been some weird calculation that went into 39. $39 million worth of naps in fucking newspapers? Comic strips? I really value my naps, but not that much. I couldn't take a nap if you paid me $39 million. (laughs) I could. I'd fake it. (laughs) Yeah. That's what you have to do. Sometimes uh, my daughter cannot get to sleep at night, and I'll be like, you just got to close your eyes and fake it. That's how you fall asleep sometimes. She's like, I can't. Like, just close Sometimes them. you have to. Uh, it works. I've done it for 31 years now. Yeah, you just have to sometimes. So that lawsuit obviously didn't go anywhere because, like, you're in jail, so you don't get to nap and do that. Okay. Although it is weird to not let them nap on their own bed during the day. What else do they have to do? I don't know. But, like, I've also, never been to jail. Yeah, me either. Surprisingly. <laughs> um, so December 14th of 2000... Tony is released from prison after serving nine of her 20-year sentence, and she was discharged from parole successfully in 2002. Oh. So, I mean, enough time to do something, but, like, probably get yourself some counseling, girl. Uh, Yeah. This is sad. In 2005, Shanda's father dies of alcoholism. Oh. Which Shanda's mother blames on what happened to I'm Shanda. I'm sure. Um, on an episode of Investigation Discovery's Deadly Women, Shanda's mom states that, quote, he did everything he could to kill himself besides put a gun to his head. And, quote, drank himself to death. The man died from a broken heart. Especially mm-hmm. because, like, she was in his care mm-hmm. and he didn't protect her. Mm-hmm. So... Here's some bullshit. In April April 28, 2006, Hope is released from prison after serving 14 of her 35-year sentence. And she was on parole until 2011. I don't like that she's out running around. 
On October, in October of 2007, Melinda's attorney requested a hearing to argue for his client's release. Mm-mm. He claimed that Melinda had been, and these are not my words, quote, profoundly retarded, again, not my words, by childhood abuse and was not represented properly during her sentencing, and also stated that Melinda, who was only 16, wasn't old enough to legally enter a contract with the state when she signed her plea deal. Okay. Um, that's not quite how that works. No. No, no. Um, so in January of 2008, that shit was denied, and instead of a new sentencing, the judge allowed Melinda to be eligible for parole in 15 years from then, or whatever. The shit that some lawyers come up with to protest and shit like that is just... I mean, they try sometimes. They're done shooting but... for the fucking... Swing for the fences. Yeah. Sometimes you're just like... What? what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, nah, son. No. Mm-mm. No. So, in 2012, Shanda's mom makes indirect contact with Melinda while in prison and donates a dog named Angel in Shanda's memory to Melinda for her to train in the Indiana Canine Assistance Network program, which sounds lovely. They give inmates these little puppers and they let them raise the little puppers. And, like, that has to be a little cheerful for them. Yes. But also, but then what happens to the puppers? Her mother is such a big person because the only thing that I'm fucking donating to anyone that kills my children is fucking lead to their face. Yeah, as my mom once said, we were <laughs> we were watching something one time and it was like this woman had been murdered by like her ex boyfriend and the mom like would visit the guy no. and like she forgave him and they would hug and I was like, mom. Would you ever forgive somebody if they did that to me? She's like, no, but I'd set up a visit with a 12-inch blade hidden in my caslopis. <laughs> and then I died laughing. Because I just, I'm like, you can fit a 12-inch blade up there? But that's what she's going to do. But, but she, Shanda's mom states that she was criticized heavily for her decision to do that for Melinda. But stated that Shanda would want her to do it. And I put, would she though? Yeah, I don't Like, as know much as I would that. like to be like... If I'm murdered, I want my mom to not dwell on it or not fuss about it forever. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I want her giving puppies to the murderer. No. Mm-mm. The 12-inch blade in her caslapis is a little much. <laughs> but a puppy is, like, too much the other way. Yeah, we need some happy... We need some happy medium here. Like, you can, you can give the whole, like... A card, maybe. blah, blah speech. But don't go visit them or talk mm, to them or nothing. No. Hey, yeah. Anyway, so January 11th, 2018, on the 26th anniversary of Shanda's murder, Lori is released from prison after serving 26 years of a 60-year sentence, and she currently, to this day, is still on parole. She should just still be in jail. I agree, but here's the real kicker. On September 5th of 2019, so not too long ago, Melinda was released after serving 26 years of her 60-year sentence. That's alarming. And she will complete her parole in Kentucky, mm. which I'm sure they're real strict about stuff there. Mm-hmm. So this this whole saga um, was in, inspired the episode Mean on Law and Order SVU. Love that shit. Stabler came back recently. I seen that. Oh, well, I seen a commercial. For we it. watched it, but it was like three hours long, and oh, I can't stay awake for anything. No, no I can't even no. finish Big Sky. Yet. I haven't either. <laughs> um, it also inspired the episode "The Sleepover" from Cold Case Show, which I don't know why it'd be called Sleepover because ain't nobody sleeping over. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all. No, Doctor Phil had a two-part special where Shanda's mother and sister confronted Hope. 
Mm. And also had an interview with Amanda, the girlfriend. I'm interested. Need to find that. Yep. And it was also featured on Lifetime show Killer Kids, an episode called Jealousy, which makes more sense than the sleepover part. Does. Yes, I need to find that too. Yeah. So um, these people are nuts. But let me look up this cop real quick because I forgot kind of about that. He just didn't kill his family or he did. I don't really know. Mm. So anyway, all the freaking people are out out in the world now. Just scary. Uh, yeah, I don't like that. Do you? Did you check up on them and see what they're doing these days? Um, I couldn't really find much mm. about them, but I'm assuming they since Melinda's in, in Kentucky, and... yeah, she's just in the hollers. She's in the holler. Yeah, like I, I don't mind that Tony's out, although she did make some poor decisions. She didn't actively as murder. As you do, as a fifteen year old. Right. The child. rest of them out, I don't like. No. Especially Melinda. Yeah. But also, Melinda's life as a child was not good. She so. was... No. Mm-mm. But, like, also, sometimes there there are hospitals. So, can we send them there? Like, they don't need to just go free. Mm-mm. But they are now. Mm. But now I looked up that cop, and he might have to be a whole thing himself. Because... He seems whole... very innocent. Yes, and there was a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> there was a lot. Some good words in there, though. I like when they use big words. <laughs> I like big words. I cannot lie. <laughs> and then when you think I make them up. Like, what was the one word? I don't know. There was one word I said one time and you were like, I don't know. I use big words at work all the time and my friend is like, I don't know. I just, what did, what did I say to her? I'm like, why are you out here looking so melancholy? <laughs> and then she just like looked at me and then like two hours later she called me and she's like, so I just Googled melancholy. Okay. And I was like, I would not have to Google that. <laughs> I said, I mean sad. Why do you look sad? So anyway, that's that poor girl, Shanda. Mm, I don't like that. No, I just can't imagine ever being angry enough at a 12-year-old to do that to them. I can't No matter the circumstances. being angry enough at anyone. No. No, I was going to say maybe, but no. Mm-mm. Like, I could totally see being angry enough to snap and shoot somebody. I mean, I don't have a gun, so that'll help. But well, I mean, like... That's comforting. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> as an adult, other adults could make you angry enough to be like, oh my god, I could just shoot you. Mm. But not that. Like, I'm not gonna, like, tie you up and, like, cut your hair off and, like, it's take you very, out in the woods very and personal. stab you a lot and then and beat your face in and, and then strangle you a little and then set you on fire. Yeah, that's... that's just, first of all, that is so much work. God, it is so much work. It's exhausting. And I am all about that take the mail home and burn it shit. Yeah, so, so we not, clearly don't want to go do I'm stuff. I'm not into all that. That is just too much. And I feel Way bad. too much. I can't imagine what her dad felt like mm. because he feels like, you know, he was supposed to be watching her and he wasn't. Yeah, that's I mean, he was asleep. Awful. So he didn't have, like, it wasn't his fault, but you never you would always think it was yeah so that's shanda hmm. well, that's a terrible story yeah pretty much <laughs> I, okay to be fair i read some and that's what she picked i don't think i said she was 12 to be you did not f- to be fair i knew they were teenagers but i didn't remember that she was so much younger like until i reread it and then i was like well she already picked it so <laughs> Gotta do it sometime. Well, then you you gave me the keywords. Yes, sexual deviant, which is underwear. Yes, some other weird words. I don't I remember don't what all remember. I said. And, and I was like, like, oh, that's oh, just castle. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I mean it's interesting. It ain't good though. No, it is not. 
But at least we're back. Yes. Hopefully every week now. <laughs> I just have turned into the most boring. I'm yawning. Well, that's what coronavirus for an entire fucking year will do to everyone. Dude, I'm just so over it. Like, all I want in life is, like, go to a concert. I, just... I don't even care who at this point. <laughs> it could be, like, the, the Backwoods Yodel Band, and I would go. <laughs> Sorry Two if that's a thing. Backwoods people yodel, though. I thought that was, like, mountain people. I don't care who's yodeling. I would go. <laughs> it does, I didn't say it would be good yodeling. No. In fact, like in Peoria, I think like Sam Hunt's playing one night of Tailgates and Tallboys, but also Ludacris is scheduled that night, and I'll be, I'm going. <laughs> I don't even care. <laughs> I'm some Luda and Sam Hunt. That sounds like an okay combination to me. It's weird, but I'll do it. It's very strange. Yeah. He must be hurting for money or something. Those Law and Order SVU acting gigs right up. Those are the best episodes. Though. Best really and good. Furious. Yeah, and then you just make another one? Aren't they making another one? I don't know. Yeah, because Vin Diesel's... Is that right? I think it's like his kids playing younger him in like flashbacks. Oh. That could be not true. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it comes out pretty... No, that is true. I just saw a commercial for it. What did I go watch? Oh... The Kong. Yes. I tried to block it out. It came to me right when you said it. Yes, that. Yeah, that's real unfortunate. I mean, I just was happy to be at the movies. That's true. I didn't really care. I haven't been to the movies in a fucking year. It's terrible, man. Life sucks. Yeah. I just want to go. Did I send you the thing of my time out for... Oh, yeah. And it was like, I just want to go to Hibachi with my friends and drink beer in a yeah. bar. And that and was like... That was a year ago. We were only a month into this thing. Uh, I don't even think we were over our fucking two-week quarantine then. Tiger King was still a thing then. Yeah. I just am over it. I still... All I so want is to go to Hibachi and drink at the bar, but people are going to the bar. I just still am not into it. No. I just... Um, I don't want to do that. Mm-mm. Like, I went and picked up food one time in the town I work. Me and a friend did. We went into somewhere and got food, and there was people everywhere, and I was like, there's yeah. people. To be fair, without the pandemic, I really don't like to be around people. That's anyways. Yeah, but it was, like, extra now. I'm just like, ugh, ugh, get away yeah. from me. You're all fucking gross. Yeah, and I have You're an excuse. All disgusting. I have an excuse to be displeased by Myself it. included, because I've already fucking had coronavirus, so <laughs> yeah, I, I was yeah. one of the disgusting people. <laughs> you weren't, like, too sick, though. It's okay. No, I was not at all. Well, I got really confused because my little sister's mother and father-in-law have COVID. And her mother-in-law just posted, like, all these pictures from a trip to Vegas. And I'm like, huh? So I texted my sister. I'm like, I thought they had COVID. She's like, they do. They went before Easter. They're just now sharing the pictures. And I'm like, yeah, but how long ago was Easter? Yeah. So, how many people did they make sick when they were on their trip? Uh-huh. Or who made them sick on their trip? Right. But they're a married couple. They both got it now, so. Well, that's what happened at my house. Yeah. Unfortunate. Yeah. But, all right. Well, we're back. Yep. That's we it. actually have two episodes we can give you now. We recorded one, like, a year ago. Never did anything with it. Right? I would be so interested. I have to go back and you look. You should shut off. No, I just want to go back and see what the data is on it because I'd be interested to know if it was after coronavirus was a thing, if we talked about it at all, and see how funny it is. I feel like we're probably like, oh, we'll be over this in a month. I, yeah, I don't. Here know. Here we are. 
one million years later. I feel like... I don't know, because, like, I got... It's not even saved... It is saved in the computer. Yeah, and I got this after COVID started. So, yeah, I'm sure we did talk about it. I'll have to go listen <laughs> oh, to Oh, yeah, again. we did, because that little snippet that I just listened to when we list- before we started this, we were talking about Tiger King. Yeah. And Tiger King didn't Kira exist. Best. In- <laughs> I would like to watch that all again, I oh, think. Oh, yeah, I don't know if we can. When Carol outs herself for killing her husband with the sardine oil. But the reason I remember is because I bought this with my first stimmy money. (laughs) So I knew we were in COVID when I got that. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Rolling in the stimmy dough. Uh, You're telling me. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I don't even have a bunch of kids. I don't have a bunch of kids. I know, but two is still a lot. (laughs) It is a lot. It felt like a lot earlier. It feels like a lot all the time. At least they're cute. That's true. They got that going for him. Yeah, and at least Chubby's not angry all the time anymore. Oh, thank the Lord. This was the criest, saddest baby I'd ever been around. Oh, God. It was very stressful. <laughs> it was. To say but all right. We're back. Yes. Yeah, so fi- uh, like us on Instagram. Let's yeah, just never meet. Again. Um, no, that's about all we have right now. We need to get I mean, everything else up. We have a Twitter, but... Yeah. We need to get everything <sighs> r- up and running again. Yeah, we're slacking. Yeah, get the wheels moving again. We couldn't even get these damn microphones working, so... It took a long time. Yeah. But we do it all for you. Yeah, for the three of you that are listening. Right. We love all three of you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exponentially. Right? All, all right, kids. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Do we do the little thing? I don't even remember what it is. Something, 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 and let's never meet. Don't talk to strangers. And let's never meet. Goodbye. Bye.